But welcome to the First Church Podcast. I am here with Pastor Brendan Glass uh, from Span Ministries. I'm really glad that he is with us today. Um, What we hope to do here in this podcast and upcoming podcast are basically to begin a series of honest conversations with one another uh, about different hot hot topic issues or hot button issues, however you want to say it. Um, Pastor Brendan is... Uh, a black pastor you can't see mm-hmm. <laughs> on the podcast, but if you're watching on YouTube, you can. And uh, we were going to talk about issues concerning race, justice, and some differences that we might see in the black and white church um, over the next several weeks. And, and what we hope this will be is an example that other people are able to model, um, uh, maybe a, a place where people can come to learn, and where uh, Pastor Glass and I can learn from each other as well and and continue our friendship. My expectation for this conversation and his too is to make sure this is done in, in love mm-hmm. uh, and um, recognize that we are brothers in Christ and we um, we plan to act that way and we believe that people can moving forward with these conversations. So the great thing about it, and we're going to talk about this here in a second, is that we have a relationship with one another. I respect Pastor Glass. Uh, I know him. Um, I know his heart, and I assume the best about him. I think a lot of these conversations that we have with each other and with people, um, we often assume the worst, even mm-hmm. when we have times of disagreement or um, unsurety of what somebody might believe or, or think. And So we're just not going to do that. I was reading 1 Corinthians uh, sixteen fourteen this morning. It says, make sure you do all things with love. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we are going to do in this conversation. And so uh, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, thanks for all of the preliminaries. And I'm glad that you said how we are going to uh, operate and flow in love intentionally. Like we know that just because we're friends and we'll hang out. um, But we don't want people to think that we're faking it for the camera. Like (laughs) we can disagree. be Okay. Like that's just us. We'll disagree. We'll have different opinions on stuff. Um, And we will go shoot guns afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Uh, Because we're friends. And a lot of people don't understand that because that's the problem of podcasts and all these type of broadcasts. You know, all people see is a snippet of time, mm-hmm. and they'll see the disagreement, and or they'll see a, a misunderstanding, and they won't see. Well, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk through it later or something yeah. like that. But I th- I'm glad that you said that. You know, that is very important for discussions and topics. But to answer your question, I, my name is Pastor Brendan Glass. Man, I am, I am the pastor of Span Ministries literally right across the street from you guys um been pastoring for 20 years uh we just celebrated our 20th anniversary um i uh i'm excited man i'm excited about uh what god is doing in these difficult times you know it's hard to say that always but in this moment i'm excited about it i'm excited about these conversations um ever since you know uh you know we started seeing the rise of awareness towards social justice issues um that is one of the benefits of it it is called it is calling uh christians to say we need to stop acting like we shouldn't be concerned Mm -hmm. and i appreciate that so i've been doing a lot of lectures talks podcasts uh about all kinds of issues um pertaining to racial justice and i know that's not all we're talking about here um but uh, yeah, man. I'm. Uh, I am uh, currently working on my master's degree of, in arts. I'm sorry, master of arts degree in uh, history and theology. So I'm a little tired right now. Yeah. Because I have not been to school in over 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> so I you know these papers and all this reading, and then on top of that, sermons and all that other stuff. Yeah. And meeting with people. I'm tired. But I'm excited about this. I've been looking forward to this all day. Man, well, you're tired, and I just got done eating a Chipotle burrito. So if all we right. fall asleep um, together, yeah. we'll know why. <laughs> so, yeah, one of the th- things that we're going to do, we're going to speak together as friends. I had, I've had some people in my congregation say that they have had, um, had black friends or even white family, member or friend, or family members or friends that uh, have stopped speaking to each other mm-hmm. during these times. And we had the pandemic going on, so that's – that's stressful enough, and then um, everything that has uh, gone on uh, since the death of George Floyd, 
uh, has kind of exasperated things. And I've had people ask, like, Josh, how do you have conversations with people? Like, what about some of these relationships that that uh, seem to be falling apart? Like, what do I do? What do I say? What should I believe about mm-hmm. it all? And, yeah. and to be honest, I don't have all the answers to it all, and I think some of it's quite complex. But I do think we should be able to have conversations with people and try to figure it out uh, with other people instead of just kind of jumping into whatever corner that we typically mm-hmm. – retreat to so we're going to try not to do that uh, yeah. over these next over these conversations that we will have uh, coming up but before we really get into um maybe some of the stuff that people really want to hear us talk about uh, i think we should actually let people get to know us yeah. Yeah, um, great idea you know get to know you uh get to know me even a little bit as well so we're un- we understand uh, a little bit of people's backgrounds i mm-hmm. think it's important uh, to know kind of where people are coming from what experiences they may have had or haven't had in their life um we do uh we do interpret things often through that um that's not the only way we do but Mm -hmm. i I do think it 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 plays into that and i think if you're listening to this sort of thing too uh you kind of want to know who you're listening to and you want to humanize them uh, a little bit and so let's talk i want to talk i want to begin a little bit by reminding people or letting people know that this is not the first time that you and i have had conversations um, uh, about social justice, racial right. issues, or anything like that. Uh, I th- probably maybe we began it five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, when uh-huh. I think when Kaepernick. Yeah. Uh, when that controversy first, that's mm-hmm. when we had our first conversation about it. Yeah, and so we we uh, called it the crossover. We had two different events, mm-hmm. two or three. Di- we had three. We had three different events, kind of all kind of back to back to back, um, and. Uh, the first event was when we got together, we, uh, we took anonymous questions mm-hmm. uh, from our two congregations. And the way we did it is we had a kind of a potluck in our mm-hmm. gym, and then we forced our congregation, my congregation, uh, to mingle with your congregation. We didn't force them. We asked them to, right? Well, yeah. Uh, forced. Yeah, forced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so we did this big potluck in the gym, and uh, everybody had to sit with people from, people from the other congregation. And for the most part, it's fairly, it's fairly easy to tell who's yeah. from where, right? Oh, yeah. Um, predominantly white congregation, a predominantly black mm-hmm. congregation, although I know you have um, uh, Caucasian people in, mm-hmm. your, in your congregation. And so um, it wasn't too hard, hard to figure that out. So that's what we did the, the first time. Do you want to share what we did the second time? So the second time, that's when we had the uh, Native American speaker. Right. Was it the Native American, or is that when we did the, the role question, playing? The role playing question. I can't. one of the, was, I thought the Native American speaker was Native. It might have been. Yeah, I thought it was. Okay, yeah, you can talk about that if you remember. But yeah, we had a yeah. Native American um, uh, speaker who was actually in the audience. Yeah. Um, and he raised a question about you know what is the church doing about you know kind of the injustice towards the Native American population in mm-hmm. our country. Yeah. And to be honest, we both didn't know how to answer that question. <laughs> we got that question, we're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is a thing. There are other people. <laughs> that is a thing. Yeah. Um, and then I can't remember if it was you. Yeah, I think you actually talked to him afterwards mm-hmm. and had a conversation. And I think he just really impressed you um, with all that he had. And, um, yeah, we both agreed to have him come to your church. And mm-hmm. our church came over and your members came and he really just blew our minds just yeah. talking about the plight of the Native Americans and his story and, um, you know, just the struggles of, you know, just his people and how there's a need for the gospel, you know, amongst that population. Um, so that was powerful, man. That was powerful. And after that one, I think, is when we did the role play. But I might yeah. be mixing it up, man. Yeah. I'm, I don't remember stuff like I used to. It, it's, it's one, I, I, I don't know for sure now. I'm, I'm second-guessing myself. I thought it was – role play than him but it might have been him then role play um so yeah i can't remember that's not as big of a deal it's actually what we did the order um and so then we did uh we went to we went to your church Mm -hmm. and um we basically gave people like different scenarios to -hmm. talk about different issues um uh to read and then they would talk about them in mixed groups and so again we split people from my congregation up Mm -hmm. with people in your congregation and then gave them uh, difficult uh, uh, conversations to mm-hmm, have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. It was cool. It was very, yeah. uh, 
It was, it was very challenging too. Yes. You know, um, I've heard some conver- I had the, the conversations afterwards mm-hmm. was it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, certain things people would admit yeah. to, you know, in that group. Uh, but that was that. I think that one was probably the most impactful to the individuals. Yeah. I think the first one was really good um, because it kind of broke some tension mm-hmm. that people might have within themselves, like the tension of um, I got these thoughts, have these ideas, and nobody's really addressing them. So let me just ho- sit on them. And we said, no, you don't have to sit on them. Let's throw it out there. But the scenarios, man, because, yeah, we came up with some interesting, some good ones. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it was, that's the word I was looking for there. And I forgot scenarios. We gave mm-hmm. them scenarios mm-hmm. of different interactions that people might have or historical realities mm-hmm. um, that uh, people have dealt with and stuff yeah. and have conversations about those. And, I, you know, I wonder how that would go over today. Like, <laughs> <laughs> social distance conversations oh about yeah Ooh. you know yeah that would be i think and that was our least attended event because yeah. it was it's the most difficult it was the most difficult one for everybody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's very difficult and i think it's okay when we're talking about an environment that's let's come together in kumbaya a little bit mm-hmm. but when we get into all right we really are trying to change you potentially or 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 you know kind of transform some thoughts mm-hmm. uh yeah not everybody's gonna shut up to that one yeah yeah that was yeah. every time you know i've done this with other churches where first one kumbaya potluck questions very surface mm-hmm. boom big attendance the next one when we're like let's let's go a little bit deeper new. yeah <laughs> yeah that one for both black and white a lot of times yeah you won't see the same uh, reaction response to the first one yeah no the first event it was full i mean our gym was mm-hmm. full it mm-hmm. was from wall to wall we have we have it's a full-size gym plus mm-hmm. a little bit you know and then it got a little less each time mm-hmm. and then that that was it was well attended but it wasn't like no, the no. gym event you know people knew that they were gonna and mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard to have conversations mm-hmm. um uh, especially with people you don't know real well, right. but kind of just know. And so so that, those are some of the things we've done together, I guess, as a church. Um, some of our members have gone to your worship nights that mm-hmm. you have occasionally. Uh, I know our, our treasurer has uh, taught classes mm-hmm. at your yeah. congregation and has helped your treasurer out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also, I believe, as people are for your from your congregation has been doing d- different gardening mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. scott yeah, yeah scott yeah. has uh, adopted he's adopted a couple of our members to do his little garden harvest thing project yeah. he loves it i mean but he's been help, really helpful a lot of people just uh, getting their finances in order yeah you know and he's been a mentor to our uh, treasurer as well so yeah, that has been that has been a great relationship so and then our relationship um you know, we, I think I've been going, I've been here for going on seven years now. And so I yeah, probably met you years. just Ooh. after seven years ago. Wow. And uh, you've been, you've been very welcome. You were, because well, you, you were here, obviously, before I got here, very welcoming and friendly. And I appreciate your relationship. And we've been able to hang out a number of times. Uh, last week, we mm-hmm. uh, we, went, we went trap shooting. So that was fun. That was fun. That so, was great. Yeah. I always wanted to do the pool thingy. And uh, <laughs> I was terrible, but... <laughs> It was still fun. Well, you got better. You know, you've never, never done it before, and uh, so that was a lot of fun. We've gone, we've gone out back here at the church and shot yeah. my bow. Yeah. I'm not really yeah, sure yeah. we're supposed to do that here, but <laughs> whatever. Um, and so, you know, those that's a little bit of our relationship. Mm-hmm. We've been able to have conversations before. Unfortunately, too, uh, back in June, we actually had a conversation that was supposed to be recorded. Yeah, but it it got lost. Right when, you lo- were, right when you was going on vacation, too. Yes, it was right when we were going on vacation. <laughs> we had a we were having a discussion right after everything happened with George Floyd, and um, it was supposed to be recorded, and it just the chaos from everything. Something happened where it didn't record, um, and was really disappointed. And I left the next day for mm-hmm. vacation, and Doug called me and said, "Hey, we lost it all." Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and uh, so um, that was just dis- that was that was disappointing. But this, so this isn't our first time dealing with these issues or just having conversations with one another. And right. um, uh, your uh, your associate, Karan, and his family have been over to my house, and we've had dinner together. He is a wonderful man oh, yeah. and human being. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I just love him. and So thankful for those conversations um, and, and our relationship. And 
I want to let likewise. I want to let other people get to know you uh, a little bit better. If people from my congregation are listening to this, or just generally people are listening to this, um, I, I feel like it's helpful to, know, like I said, know where you're coming from yeah. or a little bit about your background. And I, I don't know some of this is that as well as I would like. So, um, where where are you from? I am originally from a city called Cleveland, <laughs> the <laughs> suburbs actually, is more specifically Cleveland Heights. Uh, so yeah, I was raised there and lived in that house my entire life until I went off to college, Kent State University. Um, so I was, uh, you know, I was the the son of parents who, you know, they were kind of the, my mom's first generation college graduate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were first to kind of move out, venture out to the suburbs of all their siblings. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good, it was a good upbringing, very diverse upbringing. Mm-hmm. Clean Heights. Um, was at one point in time considered one of the most diverse cities in America. Okay. Um, so that kind of gives me the ability to have friends like Josh Dieter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I've had friends like Josh Dieter my entire life. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was my upbringing. Um, Christian home, mm-hmm. um, Baptist tradition. Uh, my great uncle actually started the, uh, the church that I was raised in. Interesting fact about my great uncle, he was actually an associate of Martin Luther King. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Huh. I got a picture. I said, let me find Yeah. Let, let me remind, don't let me forget. I'll show you a picture of my uncle and uh, Martin Luther King. Yeah. My uncle was actually one of the voices in Cleveland. He was like one of the, yeah, he was one of the, probably considered one of the leaders in Cleveland one of the, at that point in time in the 60s. Okay. Uh, for uh, civil rights. What's his name? Uh, Henson Jarman. Okay. So it wasn't known nationally. And that's yeah. the thing. A lot of the, a lot of the people did a lot of the groundwork for civil rights and they did not have names, but mm-hmm. he was like, he was an associate of like all the people who were names like mm-hmm. Fred Shuttlesworth, Martin Luther King, Ralph okay. Abernathy. Like he knew all of them personally. Yeah. All those guys, so. <laughs> this guy's from Birmingham, Alabama. Uh-huh. There. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 One of those so, down there. Um, so yeah, so I was raised in that church, um, and that tradition and, um, gave my life to the Lord at eight. Um, and you know, I was, the, I was that Christian where it was just kind of like I was a cultural Christian. Mm-hmm. I believed, um, you know, I, I, I believed that, you know, the Lord was, began dealing with me then. Um, but, you know, I really did not have that understanding. You know, I did not really have the understanding of the gospel. I just knew mm-hmm. I love Jesus and I love, I love God and I can't get to heaven without him. Um, but it was in college, you know, when I really got an understanding in the grasp of the gospel. That's when it became mine. Mm. Um, so, you know, that was about 18. Uh, and that's when I really just began to see God for how he wanted me to see him at that point in time. Uh, and, you know, that's when the relationship really began to develop and grow forward. Not really, eight, meh, my early 20s. Yeah, yeah. Early 20s. Well, I guess, it's, yeah, I shouldn't say too early because I started church at 22, so. Oh, 19, 18, 19. That's pretty young. Yes, to play yeah. the church, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been doing this for a little while, man. I've been doing this for a little while. So Good. Because you're from Cincinnati. So I'm from, yeah, southwest of Dayton, north of Cincinnati there. Okay. So when I'm watching the Browns-Bengals game last night, you know, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm rooting for the Bengals. Um, Y'all got a good quarterback. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to yeah. be better than our quarterback. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> the Bengals' defense is pretty bad, though. The Browns' defense – Bizarre. The Browns at least has a, at least they have a defensive line. I think the defensive line. Their defensive good. line is going to be good. I think the defensive line is pretty good, but uh, yeah, they're. Uh, I don't know about the rest of the team. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We will literally talk about football for this entire time. Yeah. Just get off of that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I'm from uh, Germantown, Ohio, uh, southwest of Dayton, you know, in between like basically Miamisburg and, mm. and Middletown. Not a diverse area. Um, mm. You know, I didn't go to school with uh, very many black people at all. Um, graduated and had a few friends that were black, uh, but not like in your, my inner circle or whatever. Um, I, I didn't push them out because they were black or whatever. It was just there weren't very many mm-hmm. black people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so grew up kind of a Germantown would be, I would consider it probably like white working class, okay. middle income, suburbish, but more kind of rural mm-hmm. uh, uh, setting. And so that's kind of the context of, gotcha. of how I grew up. So I really didn't have a ton of interaction with 
African Americans or, or, or black people until I went off to college, and even then, not a ton. I just happened to be a defensive back in mm-hmm. college playing football, and so a lot of our receivers and defensive backs, yeah, yeah, yeah. they were they were black. What college again? Uh, Anderson University. It's a small Christian liberal arts school, um, and so uh, started to have a few conversations there and and um, get to know. Um, uh, people a little bit better there, but that was about as much exposure mm-hmm. as I had um, growing up. And so there's, you know, there are a lot of relationships that I haven't had that maybe you've had and, and um, or don't have mm-hmm. um, because of how I grew up or, or yeah. whatever. Um, but that's a, a little bit of my mm-hmm. background concerning uh, my interaction uh, with people of a different skin tone yeah. uh, of, of me. Um, I became a Christian in middle school. Uh, my parents uh, were not attending church on a regular basis. Uh, they would take us occasionally, you know, Christmas, Easter, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe in different times in their lives where they really felt like they needed to go to church. Sure. Uh, so um, I started attending a youth group down the road from my house, invited by my cousin who actually lived a town over. But this church was, I mean, I walked to the church. That's how close it was. Mm-hmm. He invited me to this church and um, just really enjoyed the student ministry there and came to know Christ and uh, felt a call into ministry into high school. Wow. Um, and my parents during that time, too, started to attend church with me and were baptized soon after I was baptized and all of those sorts of things. Um, and so I made my decisions kind of in high school going into the college based on my decision to go into ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I went to Anderson University, got a degree in Bible and religion there. And then moved to Birmingham, Alabama, uh, to um, be a youth minister and work on my master's when I was in, in Birmingham. And mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, you've got to be tired trying to preach every week Bruh. and uh, <laughs> work on your master's, man. I didn't have to do that. I was a youth minister, and so yeah. it was just different. It was mm-hmm. a lot of work, mm-hmm. but it, it mm-hmm. was different. I didn't have a family, and I wasn't married most of the time yeah. during that, too. Yeah, we. We we pray daily to see if this is what God really wants me to do, but yeah, so far so good. Yeah, <laughs> be all right. <laughs> Talk about your call to ministry and great sp- and span. So yeah, man. So I uh, told myself a very long time ago, God, whatever you want to do in my life, it's fine as long as it's not pastoring. Like mm-hmm. I was, that was me. Yeah. Uh, my entire life, I I used to look at pastors and be like, oh my gosh, how could you just every week stand up and do a speech? And no, it looked sounded so boring. And so uninteresting, um, not 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 what I wanted to do. Um, but what happened was, uh, like I said, I really gave my life, uh, rededicated myself to Christ um, in my late late teens, and um, at Kent State University, where it's where I was going, um, I uh, what really drew me into the gospel was a small group that my 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 friend Ben Piper started. Uh, a small group Bible study and you know we're college students and it was just so life-changing dynamic and to me that's what Christianity was like you know people coming together in community and love supporting each other loving each other Um, and I went back to Kent and I was like we don't have nothing like that here so I started a Bible study me and my roommate Um, it was me and my roommate it was me and my roommate and uh, it just kind of grew it just grew and grew and grew and at the same time, um, I was not a musician by any stretch of imagination, but I knew how to play a couple songs on the piano. And this girl came up to me and she was like, ooh, I'm starting a choir. You want to start a choir with me? And I said, sure. And I don't play piano, but okay. And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. I know you're trying to learn and all this other stuff. So you just come on board. My cousin will be playing. You can learn from him, all this other stuff. So I get to this first rehearsal, and I'm the only musician there. And she says to me, you can do all things through Christ. <laughs> You're going to be the musician. So long story short, um, you know, we start this choir um, that, you know, the Lord actually did multiply my gifts um, in, in a small time period. And, um, you know, so my freshman year, uh, that choir um, grew and called voices of testimony and by the time i graduated that choir had like 70 members had a full band um and i was the leader and we went we were going on tours across the country that's Um, cool yeah man i was the leader but it was there in that choir where god was showing me who i was like i was literally 
a pseudo pastor in this respect. Like I was dealing with people's life problems and issues and, you know, I was praying for people constantly, um, just being in charge of this choir. And the same thing with the Bible study. The Bible study started off with just me and my roommate. By the time I graduated, it had like, you know, always we have between 15, 60 people coming. And that was where kind of God showed me I kind of have a gift of teaching and God has given me the ability to effectively speak his word. So I, that's when I realized, okay, God, you're doing something, you know, you're doing something in all of this. Um, and I began to uh, just really seek him. Because, you know, I, my goal in life was to go into federal law enforcement. Okay. That's what I was in school for. So I, I was trying to be in the FBI. All right. Um, I wanted a badge and a gun. That's it. So, so that'll be fun when we get to talking maybe about policing here in a little while. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah. today. I'm yeah. a very balanced guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty balanced with that whole position. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I was, I was, I was, that was me. I was going to school for that. Um, and then, uh. Yeah, I just really felt the Lord challenge me. I said, Lord, make it clear. Make it very clear if you do not want me, because I know I couldn't do both. Make it clear if you want me to go into ministry, full-time ministry, because I've been doing, at this point in time, I've been doing ministry since freshman year in college. I'm in my junior, end of my junior year. So, you know, God began to deal with me summer going into my senior year. And, you know, he made it very clear in a few ways that, yeah, you're definitely going to pastor. You're going to start a church. Um, stuff that was, it was so exciting that it, thrust me into a depression <laughs> yeah um and the reason i was depressed is because you know for me i was assured ever since i was 12 years old i just knew what i wanted to do in my life mm -hmm. knew it i did not want to do anything else except for being law enforcement that's the only thing wow i uh there was i was not going to be the person that changed majors like uh -huh. it was that was my first love like yeah. going into law enforcement. I love police shows. I love police cars. I love police uniforms. I loved it all. I was going to be somebody's law enforcement official. And, you know, the only reason I was thinking about federal law enforcement um, is because, you know, it required more. You know, yeah. it required more education and all this stuff. And I always had a passion for education. Um, so doing this was literally laying my life on the altar mm -hmm. um, at, you know, my late teens. It was laying my life on the altar. And, um, you know, th with the help of some very good mentors um, and some good counsel, um, I was able to do that. It was a struggle. It was a very struggle, a big, great struggle. Like for me, when it comes to going into ministry, there's a there's a track that's kind of proven effective as to how to do it. And you know, there's models for it. And then there's the way I did it, which is what I, <laughs> I tell people, don't do not do ministry. Yeah. Like, no, don't do it this particular way. It was straight. Close your eyes. Walk in faith. And just trust the guy's gonna catch you. Um, and thus far, he has uh, yeah. over and over again. But that's kind of how I got into ministry, man. So we started yeah. the church uh, right after I graduated. Um, Span Ministries was started. Uh, Span is an acronym for Shepherd's Pastor for All Nations. And uh, yeah, we started on Kent's campus. And um, yeah, it was just a few of us. Um, and we officially in June 20, 2000 is when. Uh, we started it, just me, my wife, and a couple of people who were supporters, a couple of friends who still with me to this day. And um, yeah, we went from dorms to lounges to one day we couldn't get into the lounge, so we had church on the steps once. And it was just a couple of college students who trusted me and wanted to hear me preach. And um, then we got a building in downtown Kent, um, which was a house. And then from there, um, we outgrew that. We ended up in the building right across the street from your location. Yeah. Um, a factory. Yeah. You know, it was a factory um, that was donated to us just for use. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't own it, but it was donated to us just for use. So the church, we transitioned, you know, we uh, transitioned it to a church building. And, uh, you know, about 10 years ago, we actually purchased it. So it is ours now. Yep. Um, so in yeah. a in a brief explanation as who I am and how I got into ministry. Yeah. Uh, just to remind people, too, I Again, I don't know who all listens to this, but, um, you know, you are almost exactly right across the street. You just kind of cut oh, yeah. a corner a little bit from us. So this is this for us is literally an exercise of loving your neighbor. So that's a good thing. And God has a sense of humor in your calling, man. Um, in general, I, I think I, I don't know if anybody really grows up wanting to be a pastor or even thinking about it unless maybe they were a pastor's son or related mm -hmm. to one or whatever. I mean, there's nothing that I even ever had really thought about. Right. Um, you know, 
I guess. You know, I was called to ministry at a fairly young age in, in high school or whatever, but um, I wanted to either be a sports medicine doctor because I spent a lot of time wow. as an athlete in the mm-hmm. ortho. Uh, uh, surgeries and everything but uh so i thought that was interesting um or a history teacher Mm. but so when i went to college um my three roommates are all now doctors i was the only one that uh i uh i lived with i'm the only one who lived with those three that are not a doctor that is not a doctor um and uh so yeah god's got a sense of humor that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have made it through med school anyway, so <laughs> it, uh, it, it worked out. Yeah. Um, so 20 years, that's, that's, that's a feat. That's awesome because um, you're still fairly young, and you started the church at a young age. Um, I know ministry is hard. Uh, what, what keeps you in ministry? Oh, it's a good question. What keeps me in ministry is my love for God and I'm using my words carefully because, you know, people could hear this wrong. A reverential fear. I've always had for God. Mm -hmm. Like a reverential fear. Like out of reverence for you, this is what you want me to do. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So let me just be obedient because I don't want to know what it is like to live outside of that obedience. Um, There, I say that because... Like I said, it's not something, you know, it's not something, pastoring is not something I ever wanted to do. And I have my moments <laughs> where it's like, oh, my gosh, there's nothing I'd rather be doing in the world. Um, but I also have my moments where it's like, yeah, this is still not <laughs> something yeah. that I would have given, you know, ever would have wanted to do myself. Um, but it's a calling. And that's, you know, it's, it's, it's a difference that a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of people don't understand is, you know, there's the pastor career and there's the pastor calling. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, you're like, you like, you rare that you see people who say, well, I want this, I want this, I want this. Um, but they're out there, you mm-hmm. know, seminaries full of them. You yeah. know? <laughs> I went to school with a, a young man, his, his dad pastored a really large church. And uh, just through conversations with him, discovered he was going to seminary so he could take his dad's church over. And reality, like, he really didn't want to be a pastor. It was just mm-hmm. what he was doing because it was expected of him. And unfortunately, he was asked to leave on in just some moral grounds. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, he just had a failing. Uh, his heart wasn't in it. I mean, you knew yeah. it, yeah. like, when you were in class with him and all of those sorts of things. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and like for me, it's a, this is a calling, you know, and I've always taken that very serious. Like, this is my calling, and God has blessed me and honored me because of that, and I cannot forsake that. Um, so, because that's one thing, that's the main thing. The other thing is fruit. You know, fruit is, you know, kingdom fruit is addictive in a good way. You know, we're supposed to be satisfied by the blessing of harvest that comes in the kingdom of God. Um, and, you know, once you get a taste of that effectiveness in the kingdom, it's like, okay, this is life more so than anything else. Mm-hmm. Like seeing, like, like going into a hospital and bringing the presence of God in with you in a circumstance where people are feeling hopeless Mm-hmm. And your presence literally shifts the atmosphere. Yeah, not me, but the presence. You know, like this the presence of God I bring in there. See that type of stuff you can't get anywhere. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't get anywhere else because yeah. this is my calling. You know, being able to bless people who are in a dark place, being able to disciple people and look at where they were. And track and see where they are right now. See that type of stuff. You, you're not going to find that anywhere else. And I believe a lot of times the pastors, they uh, when they do fizzle out, burnout, and all this other stuff, um, it's because that those things, those kingdom fruit things, become the minors, and the other stuff, the organizational stuff, becomes the major. Yeah. You know, and they, you know, and I'm guilty of that. Like <laughs> I can speak to that very well, Josh. Cause I am guilty of that where I'm in a season where it's all about growth, expansion, programs, 
budgets, all this yeah. other stuff. And I look up, I'm like, man, when is the last time I really went to a hospital? Yeah. And when's the last time I really shepherded? You know, and I, I, I sit here now convicted that, <laughs> yeah. that there are times where <laughs> I kind of lose sight of what really is fruitful. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier to measure the organizational stuff a lot of times, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, ministry uh, can be very difficult because you're dealing with people and it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to see the fruit. Mm-hmm. and. It's, takes a long time too to mm-hmm. grow fruit <laughs> sometimes you know it's like right and there are seasons when it's just dead if it's like you know like it's not there it's not growing right exactly uh, which which makes it uh which yeah. makes it has its challenges but yeah there's nothing sweeter though mm-hmm. when you see people get it and they're on fire for the lord or mm-hmm. that they're making decisions mm-hmm. where you know the lord is guiding them or when they come up to you and say hey mm-hmm. thank you pastor for that yeah uh, thank right. you for coming thank you for that word thank you for your visit thank you for your counsel um, whatever it might be, thank you yeah. for your prayers. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, there's not a whole lot better than that. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, right now I do think a lot of pastors are struggling because they're not seeing people face to face, and mm. people are, yeah. You know, some of you, some pastors, encouragers aren't very encouraging anymore right now, just because they're discouraged. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I know it's a difficult time, and I'm, I'm glad you're celebrating 20 years, brother. So. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Well, let me ask you a question. Yeah. How have your seven years been? You know, it, it's been good. Be mindful your church is listening. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, it's been good. When I, I was in 22 when I started, I was 28 when mm-hmm. I started here at our congregation. And I would consider our congregation um, in this region, uh, it's, it's one of the flagship congregations in our region, which means it has a lot of tradition is what okay. I mean by that. Um, and so our movement that we're a part of the Church of God isn't real old in, in comparison to other denominations. Um, we don't consider, we call ourselves a movement, not a denomination. Mm, like we're, okay. we're not a denomination, but we kind of function like one. Well, um, and so we've had some, back in, uh, during the World War II area and, and before that, we were one of the larger Church of God churches in the country. Mm. Um, and the editor of basically the magazine, the trumpet, the gospel trumpet, um, which was the magazine that kind of pushed forward who we are as a church, as a movement and so forth, actually pastored this church. Wow. Um, and uh, I think it was a five or six churches ended up planting out of this church. Wow. Not here in town, but this okay. is another kind of, this is where basically the core group left okay. from McKinley Avenue in the Akron area. Um, but most of the Church of God churches that are affiliated with Anderson, Indiana, have came from that congregation, which mm-hmm. are about five or six in the area. Um, and so there's a lot of tradition in this congregation, which is which was both good and bad, and some which I didn't really expect. Um, uh, the good part of it is that man, people are the people who are committed to the Lord are so faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, and even where you have disagreements, they're general generally loving and um, respectful. And uh, are committed to doing God's church and want to help people. Yeah, too. Yeah. Like people will serve here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, if if there's a need, um, it might be financial or maybe just physical food, whatever. Like people will step up. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they'll do it. Um, uh, you know, I've kind of pushed to change really a lot of just some aesthetic stuff more than anything, which you know. Some people don't see when they've been somewhere for a really long time, oh, yeah. period of time. Fresh eyes. Yeah, but, th- you know, those things are still hard to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes uh, we're more contemporary than we used to be in worship and all those sorts of things. And some of it, some of that's me and some of that's just where some of the people in our congregation wanted to go. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, you run it. You've, I ran into some, um, a little bit of pushback with, with some of that, um, you know, longing to sing primarily hymns mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things, which personally, uh, I like hymns. Like, I could go to church that sang all hymns, it'd be fine, or a church that's all contemporary as long as, like, I know that the Spirit of God is there. Mm-hmm. And generally, like, people, that's where people have been. Um, but navigating that has been difficult. And I, the reason navigating that has been a little bit difficult is because I was young, and I didn't understand, like, we all to a certain extent, whether you're young or old, have some of the same insecurities, have some of the same uh, um, 
uh, fears, some of the same doubts mm-hmm. that others have. I mean, I, I generally believe that those who are older and have been in Christ longer are more mature. Um, but it doesn't mean that they aren't dealing with some of the fears, doubts, worries, and so forth as those who are younger aren't. And my part of me in my immaturity when I first got here was that, like, all right, older people, like, you just need to get on the bandwagon. Like, we need to move forward because souls need to be saved. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, like, yeah, just basically, yeah, get, get, on, get on the program. Um, and I do feel like on the front end that I neglected to get to know mm. some of our seniors as well as I should and, and care for some of their spiritual needs yeah. as much as I should. So these seven years overall have been very good because they've been humbling. Yeah. Um, uh, I hope I haven't lost some of the zeal I had early on uh, while at the same time, hopefully uh, I've learned how to love people better. Mm. Um, I'm a big proponent of the church. Uh, Churches are messed up because they're full of people, but God loves his church. Yeah. Christ died for the church. The yeah. church is the bride of Christ. Um, and uh, so, you know, I generally, like when I see people criticizing the church, whether it's yours, mine, the church at large, right, I I don't try to get defensive because we, we have our problems, um, but I don't like throwing the church under the bus unless it's a really legitimate thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, rather, uh, I think our general posture should be to the church uh, this, of having the same type of love that God has for the church. Um, and so uh, I hope I've grown in that mm-hmm. Like over the past seven years. The, the people here have treated me really well. and been As I reflect on some of the things I share with you, mm-hmm. I feel like the people have been very patient with me. Mm. Um and uh, so I am grateful for that. Uh, I'm grown, you know. I've grown. I'm still growing. I think our people are generally growing uh, with me as well. And so, um, yeah, man, it's been good. Well, our family's good. well taken care of. We yeah. feel loved. Uh, um, people treat my wife with respect. Mm-hmm. Um, they care for our kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know, as a pat, like you can't ask. For more than that like right. you know exactly um if you have that because you hear horror stories like as a pastor some mm-hmm. other pastors will talk about how their wives or their kids or mm-hmm. whatever are treated and and i don't have i don't have those horror stories yeah that's a blessing you know? man that's a blessing especially yeah. for someone who's uh you know someone who is the replacement pastor you know yeah. you're coming in or you know an interim pastor or the new mm-hmm. hire pastor the new yeah. pastor for i will say that I have been blessed to see how smooth it's been going for you. Okay. Like just watching it, I'm like, oh, this is. And now, yeah, you know, people love you. You know, and that's a mm-hmm. blessing, man, to have that. And that's one thing that it seemed like ever since I first interacted and saw that your church interact with you, because you know I've been mm-hmm. here for 20 years, so I've been here 13. Yeah. And we've been yeah. interacting with your church yeah. <laughs> before yeah. you were. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just a blessing to see um, how how well they did embrace you and love on you, man. So. Yeah. And, and they have, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And um, Yeah, so it's been a blessing. I, I still enjoy and, and love being a pastor and love this church and mm-hmm. want to stay that way, right? Yeah, man. Um, and so keep looking to Christ there because I remind myself, man, Christ loves his church. Mm-hmm. So we're called to love the church. Yes, sir. What about, so I want to get to your family. We'll get to our yeah. families last. It probably should have been first, but we'll get to them last. It's right. our own ministry. Um <laughs> Our families are a part of our ministry, so I got to be careful there. But <laughs> let us know. Let me know who are some of your mentors it's a good in question. ministry. So that's a good question. So the first person that really changed my life for Christ um, is actually a, one of my best friends. His name is Ben Piper. He uh, was that Christian, and he was that guy in high school that was living for the Lord, even though nobody else. You know, we were all high school we're teenagers. We just want to have girls and party and kick it and play yeah. video games. And, and, you know, and the thing is, you know, but he loved Christ. But he wasn't like, for lack of better terms, obnoxious with it. Like he was not a, he was like the first time that I saw like a Christian that was 15. Mm-hmm. That was, it was just so sweet and genuine and sincere. It was like, man, I have a relationship with God. It wasn't like walking around calling people sinners you know just annoying and oh my gosh throwing his so that kind of 
attract because I was raised in the church and it would like challenge me. It's like, wait a minute, you raised in the church. Why aren't you on that level? So I always kind of me and him, you know, we at first, you know, he didn't like me. Uh, <laughs> he, he admits that I was like, yeah, I didn't like you at first. Yeah. But, you know, over time, you know, just as the Lord put it, we kind of gravitated towards each other, me and a bunch of friends. Um, and yeah, he was he he was cold with it. He loved the Lord. He could break down scriptures in high school and he was having these Bible studies and I would go to him and yeah, he was the first person that I'd say, Hey, I want you to teach a Bible study. And I'm like, this is when I was in college. I'm like, you sure? And he's like, yeah. And I loved it. And he was just like my first mentor. I call him, I call him my Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> he was the one that kind of found me, discipled me, built me up. He was my, he's my same age, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Um, in college, God put some amazing people in my path as well. Um, I got very connected with Campus Crusade for Christ. Um, I was teaching a Bible study my freshman year, like I said, and um, you know, uh, you know, one of my guys in my dorm um, was a white guy. He came over and he loved the Bible study, so he told his discipler, um, who uh, was a director of the Campus Crusade for Christ, mm-hmm. Kent State University. And uh, so he was like, well, I want to meet him because, you know, obviously yeah. <laughs> students run the Bible study. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to it. I'm yeah. just concerned. Um, so I met him. His name is Dave Smith. Uh, great guy. And he immediately said, you know what? He started discipling me. And he just really started teaching me what Christian manhood looks like, like what a godly man looks like and how do we operate. And I would go to him with my problems. How, this is how you're going to respond to him. And, you know, he did that. Um, and you know, that's what created my relationship with Campus Crusade for Christ. And then, um, my, probably my, my most impactful mentor, um, met me my senior year in college. He was coming to speak at Campus Crusade for Christ. And I was a part of Campus Crusade for Christ at that time. And someone was like, you got to meet him. Now, the crazy thing, I was going to the church where he's an associate pastor, but we never met personally. So I was going to the house of Lord in Akron. And uh, his name is Pastor Butts. And he um, met me and he asked me one question. He was like, well, you're about to graduate. You're a senior. What are you going to do? I said, I used to know, but I don't know. Uh, God's calling me to go to ministry and I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he immediately gave me his business card. He said, call me. We need to meet, which was like such a relief because I always wanted to connect with the leadership at my church. I just didn't know how. It was a huge, yeah. huge mega church. So, and he came in, he took me in he just basically adopted me as a spiritual son and you know he was probably he was my most amazing mentor even though he was never a senior pastor um but you know he's known all over the city of akron yeah uh, pastor butts uh but unfortunately and it still breaks my heart he passed away about two years ago okay. um but yeah he's you go to any christian circle in akron and everybody knows pastor butts but at the time pastor butts was uniquely handing me over to his pastor um who was my pastor too which is uh, bishop johnson at the house of the lord and bishop johnson is just he he is literally worth more than his weight in gold um his knowledge his wisdom his compassion for pastors nothing like it nothing like it um so yeah god has given me a progression of mentors and like right now bishop johnson like i just went through something real hot and hard and heavy I was calling him every day, and this man is internationally known. This man is, has pastors all over the country that call him daily for counsel, for wisdom, and he always makes time for me. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm loyal to that man uh, yeah. who is, I consider my spiritual father, my mentor, Bishop Johnson, right now. That's so. cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. I think it's important for people to know about that. Let's take the last few minutes here and um, just talk a little bit about our families. Tell me about your family. Sure. Um, so I got married the same year I started the church. So we just celebrated 20 years of marriage, too, um, in June. Uh, my beautiful wife, Yvonne, she is uh, we met in Kent. She was a part of the choir that I started. And that's how we met and started dating. And um, <clears throat> yeah, once I graduated, you know, I proposed and she uh, is from Medina and she uh is currently the director of the counseling department at Ashland University. So her formal title is 
Dr. Yvonne Glass, Ph.D. Yeah. <laughs> you call her that at home? So you call her at home? Sometimes. Sometimes I call her Dr. Glass. <laughs> uh, we have four amazing, beautiful children, man. Um, my son, BJ, is 17. Uh, he's a senior. He's about to go to college next year, which is hard to believe because I still see that young man that I used to coach his flag football team at five years old. Like, I still see it. Like, sometimes I feel like it was just last month, last year. Um, so, yeah, he's a great kid. Naomi, um, she's in the 10th grade, all at Green High School. Um, another, just, I couldn't ask for a better daughter because I have one boy, three girls. Couldn't ask for a better older sister. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She's just setting an amazing example of, this is what it looks like to be a, a young godly woman. This is what it looks like to be smart. This is what it looks like. How you supposed to carry yourself? Don't make yourself about boys and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, uh, she's fifteen. Love that girl. Um, that girl's my heart. Um, Alexis is my ten-year-old. Um, Alexis is the, the the typical middle child kind of, where it's like the tension cannot be on the tension cannot not be on me. Okay. For <laughs> for too long, or I'm gonna bring it back. So yeah. y'all can enjoy some attention, but I'm about to bring this attention back to me really quick. Yeah. So it, whoever's talking right now, enjoy it. I'm about to I'm about to interject real soon. <laughs> and of course, um, Analia, my baby, she just turned seven, and that girl is my heart. Uh, love that girl to death. So yeah, four kids started real soon after, um, and that's that's another. Big part of my life, man. Yeah, this, this is a big old family I got. So that's cool. that's me, man. Yeah, and yeah, I assume you're learning a lot from your wife too. Her being a counselor, I know that's probably helpful. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like she has, she has counseled people through me. Mm-hmm. Um, she has given me the like. She just, she just, she's so, she's so, she's the smartest. It's the two smartest people on the planet to me are my mom and my wife. Yeah. This girl is so smart. Like she is just so she just doesn't forget anything. Her intelligence level, so I can ask her anything about counseling related, psychology, psychology related, and even just people related, mm-hmm. and she'll just start rattling off facts and numbers yeah. and information. And I'm just like, man, you're smart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that definitely helps. So and we've always had a strong counseling ministry at our church, um, and you know she's mentored a lot of our counselors and helped them get their independent licenses and stuff like that. So. You know, she is actually a huge asset, you know, in the field of counseling. So I'm excited. She's only had this job at Ashland. This is her third year. And I'm just excited where it's going to take her. Like, she's just getting started. And I'm really yeah. excited where it's taking her. That's cool. And I, I'm, I remember when she was finishing up with some of that and got her job at Ashland there. And uh, I was excited for her and for you. Mm-hmm. I know it changed your guys' schedule a little bit. Oh, all that God. fun stuff. Changes your life. Yeah. When your wife begins to do do some of that. Yeah. Um, Emily has been a stay-at-home mom, my wife. Up until just about now, she's got a long-term sub-position. And so, yeah, our schedules have just completely changed, um, yeah. which has been good. But I pull more weight, brother. Yeah, you do. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm helping get the kids off to school now yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But it was awesome. This morning I was playing soccer with my son before, mm-hmm. you know, my, all my kids uh, – before while we we're waiting on the school bus mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. i would have never gotten that opportunity otherwise yeah, but exactly. it does it it changes your schedule Tremendous. you know and you have to figure out how do i get this work done now you know like <laughs> so it, it, yeah. you have to you have to rearrange things and the way your life works and so that's what she so. that's what she's an educator so she yeah she's hoping to be um she uh it, actually like this is just kind of a blessing um she is going to school right now to get her master's degree and what was essentially special education oh wow uh, from kent state okay and uh she doesn't have a teaching teacher's uh license or degree um and uh so she had decided to go do that um after subbing through over the past several years she she thought she wanted to teach spanish Mm -hmm. but um she has a spanish degree so she thought that's what she wanted to Uh. teach but after subbing and stuff, she realized, like, I, I like working in special education. And so she uh, um, uh, applied for to, to go to school for that at Kent State. And she started that at the end of – or the beginning of the summer and during COVID and all of that. Well, um, a position opened up mm-hmm. at Talmadge Elementary mm-hmm. for um, uh, a fill-in. 
mm-hmm. like a full-time felon. You're supposed to be certified, right, mm-hmm. like for that position. And uh, my wife is subbed as an age. She's subbed in those classes, all those sorts of things. Well, they gave her the full-time sub position mm. without the certification. Wow. <laughs> uh, so she's going to school full-time mm-hmm. to learn how to do it, and she's doing it as well. And uh, just hearing her story, it sounds like she's really enjoying it. I think she's pretty good at it. Yeah. Um, and so it's been a, it's been a blessing and it's helped us out a little bit financially, obviously as well. And it's given her the experience, um, that she's been after, uh, and it's actually made working and going to school full time is a lot, but it's made some of her classes, I think a little easier because Mm -hmm. like she's doing it. Um, and some of her assignments, you're supposed to meet with this kid or that kid. Like you can't meet with anybody, right? You're not allowed to meet with anybody, (laughs) but she's doing it. And so it's like. She can do the work. Wow. Um, and she's got other students in her class, like, asking if they can do things with our kids or, mm. you know, ask her for advice. Mm. So it's it's worked out um, pretty good. And it's it's been a blessing. And so very thankful for that. So, um, yeah, my wife, Emily, we have been married now for nine years. Okay. Um, met her in, in Birmingham, Alabama when I was down there. That's where she's from. Now, she wasn't going to the same school as you, was she? No, she wasn't. So she's part of a sister church of ours down there. We met at gotcha. – we met a few, few – through mutual friends and then hung out at church camp and stuff like that, that we were working. Um, and, uh, yeah, dated for six months, got engaged and got married. So I didn't know it was uh, that fast. Yeah. Well, yeah. With well, this, you already yeah, knew her though. Yeah. Kind of. Not really. No, oh, man. Wow. Yeah. This story's for another time, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's an interesting story. I won't keep, but, um, yeah, people generally like the story. Um, but, uh, did that. And then, um, so we were married lived for a year lived in Birmingham um she got pregnant and I moved up here (laughs) uh and now we have three kids Mm. um a boy named Judah he will be he's six and so he'll be seven in February and um uh he's he's a lot of fun he's goofball those Pokemon I know nothing about Pokemon (laughs) um so that's a whole another world for a new world for me um and then my daughter Evelyn who is four um, and so you've got three daughters, man. That's crazy. Um, and so, yeah, I'm scared to death of girls. Like, really? well, I grew up with all boys. Uh, I grew I, up with th- two brothers and then like even in high school, I, like, I dated girls and all those sorts of things, obviously, but, or maybe not obviously, but I had girlfriends mm-hmm. or, or whatever, but I liked hanging out with my guy friends. Mm-hmm, like, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. that's what I like doing guy things. Yeah. Um, uh, hence, like us going shooting and stuff exactly. like that last year. Like that's what I like doing. Like you know, I grew up hunting fish. Like those are yeah. things I like doing. And and um, and then growing up with a household with all boys and my mom, I felt bad for my mom. And mm. like I'm just scared of girls. Like <laughs> my wow. wife. My wife has two brothers. I think that's why she puts up with me because she didn't have <laughs> she didn't have any sisters. Like you. and so she has put up with some of my insensitivity um, and lack of knowledge mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. how to care for a female. Um, so I'm trying to learn. Mm-hmm. Still, with my daughter and my wife, um, I've got something I've been doing. Every time I buy my wife flowers, I buy Evelyn flowers. Aww. She loves flowers, so that's wow. kind of cool. So trying to figure that out, but um, so learning little things like that. Uh, and then I have um, uh, another little boy named JT, and he is two. He's about to be three mm-hmm. here in October. So and he's a lot of fun and mm-hmm. it's goofball. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, I'm trying to. You know, I hear somebody like you say, man, like my son's a senior about to graduate. So trying to enjoy it as much as I can because yeah. everybody says it goes fast mm-hmm. and you don't really realize it when you're in the midst of it. Um, and yours are back to back to back. So. Yeah. So it's going to be. Yeah. Like yeah. At least mine, mine is there's a 10 years gap. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be doing this for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yours are back to back. So yeah, you're, before you know it, it's going to be like, wow, one graduation, two graduation, three graduation. Yes. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So just love my family and very thankful for them. Um, and uh, so trying to be a good husband and yeah. dad, like the rest, like everybody else, trying to figure out how to do that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. so, well, man, I'm. I wanted this to be primarily kind of a get to know you to that way if people are going to listen to these conversations, um, you see, hey, we're real people. Yeah. Um, I don't claim to know. Uh, I have opinions about some of the things we're going to talk about. I have questions about some of the things we're going to talk about. Um, uh, trying to learn about some of the things that we're going to talk about in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wanted people to be able to hear 
about who we were. And then no going forward, like our plan is really just kind of have organic conversations mm-hmm. uh, and um, have some fun with it. Well, also I'm sure challenge one another a little bit. And like I said, right, we're going to keep love first, oh, yeah. mutual respect, and uh, just see that, let people see that we can have conversations that may get a little tricky at different times yeah. um, and still care for one another. And um, yeah, show Christian brotherhood and, and love. So I hope uh, anybody who uh, stuck around to hear a little bit about Brendan's story or my story uh, is informed a little bit about us and uh, will enjoy what we're going to do moving forward. Do you have anything you want to say? Man, I appreciate it. Um, I'm excited about these few conversations that we're going to have, man. I'm really excited about it. So, uh, yeah, next Friday can't get here fast. Maybe to give you a tease, here's some things we're thinking about talking about in the future. Um, the differences between the black and white church, maybe get into some theology there. Uh, at some point, we'll probably talk about Black Lives Matters, BLM. Um, maybe we'll get into a little bit of politics, uh, policing, and um, maybe personal responsibility. Mm. Uh I know you may have some other topics you want to talk about, too, that we may bump up or down or whatever. I'm not sure what order we're going to go in. Okay. So we'll do a number of podcasts on those issues. Oh, man, this is going to be great. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening.